Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Everything sequel contains explicit language. And why the fudge not, you melon farmer? Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Batman edition. We're pitching sequels today. My name is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Hit me with a quote, Tom. You're really quite bright, despite what everyone says. (laughs) Alfred's other... Alfred, yeah. Alfred's other duty to Batman is apparently to be his insult comic. That's what uh, Batman and Robin, right? No, that's Batman Forever. Is it? That's the second. Oh, you're right. That's when they figure. That's out the, the only Riddler's... other good line in Batman Forever. Yeah, that's the when they figure out Riddler. And they're uh, both Alfreds. <laughs> I love that line. I love that delivery too. Well, Michael Goff should have got. Goff. Like, Michael Goff should have got an honorary Oscar for appearing in these movies. Fuck yeah. Like a <laughs> a lifetime achievement award <laughs> of being the one good thing that you could count on throughout the series. Even if he'd not been in any other movies, he should have got a lifetime right. achievement award for sticking it through to the end of Batman and Robin. Oh, that's great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what do you do with a sequel to this fucking series? That's the question we are asking ourselves today. Tom and, the, and I the, are here. The actual pitch. the actual filmmakers in this series did not know either. Clearly. Why 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 would two non-professionals like us be able to figure it out? <laughs> do you think you figured it out? I think I've got the the seeds of something that is uh, where this series might have been better going okay, is the best way to put it but um, well it, we're kind of it, it's a struggle from for two different reasons right because this series has been reimagined twice right since this iteration and also this iteration makes it almost impossible to have a sequel beyond Batman and Robin. Right? Which is why they rebooted it. Yeah. And then rebooted it again. And then rebooted it again. Heard. So I'm I'm kind of drawing as much as I can from the lessons learned uh, both positive and negative from reviving this franchise periodically. As much as I am trying to ignore a whole lot of this franchise in crafting this sequel. <laughs> what about you? I... <laughs> this this probably will not come as a surprise to you. I have decided to do a classic sequel... Thing in which I just ignore two sequels. 
Would you be surprised to learn I have done exactly the same? <laughs> I would a little bit, yeah. I you, thought you, you really thought, I mean... <laughs> you really thought I was going to pitch you Batman and Robin and Batgirl, didn't you? I, I did. I gotta tell ba- you... Batman and I Robin honestly, with Batgirl. I honestly thought that would be your title. That's. <laughs> I certainly thought about it, but... It's actually, it's almost impossible. Yeah. There was literally nowhere to go. They had drained the pool. Yeah. There was nothing there left was, in that there tank. Was no, yeah, I was just going to say. There's, nothing there's left nothing, in that bubble tank. Nothing left in that, in that bubble tank. <laughs> uh, but there was a... But uh, alternatively, there was a lot left on the table at the end of Batman Returns, and that's where... I decided to go. All right. I'm Batman, actually. Well, do you want to go first, or do you want no. me to go first? <laughs> that was no fucking that way. Was a firm no. I w- you you definitely have got more of a premise, so go go for it. All right. My Batman sequel is called Batman Continues. Right. That's good. We open with Bruce Wayne walking behind an orderly at Arkham Asylum. A door to a visiting room is opened, and we see Selina Kyle trying to stand up, but she is chained to the table. You talk out some exposition here. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Yeah. That's, you know, clearly she'd been caught why she was caught, all that kind mm. of shit. All she wants is, please help me get out of here. You're rich and powerful. He says, I can't do that. I don't belong here. I don't deserve this. They they are hurting me here. He keeps saying, Selena, like, please, you have to... We're picking up from Batman Returns this idea of, he's, he's saying to her, we're two sides of the same coin. He literally rips his mask off. So he's saying to her in this moment, just become Selena Kyle. Drop Catwoman. I'll drop Batman. We can be together. Mm. Which, is and, where, which is where Batman Returns is definitely going. Right. Yeah. So, but he's insisting on this and that without it, he can't trust her. Mm. And she keeps uh, breaking the law and she seems in this moment to be coming unhinged. She says, you know, something to the effect of, we belong together and you know it. And he just says, listen, I wish we could. Uh, you know, if if you were willing to do this, we could walk away together. But otherwise, you have to stay here. She threatens blackmail mm. right before he walks out the door. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has a, you got to do what you have to do sort of thing and leaves. Because he is in a place now where we see him in Batman Returns just waiting for the light to come on. Batman is the dominant personality. Like a bird in a cage. Right, exactly. (laughs) So this movie will be him struggling with should he want Bruce Wayne to be the dominant personality. Mm. If he gives over to Selina Kyle and they are together... He would. He's willing to abandon Batman forever. On his way, 
As are you, from the sounds of it. <laughs> well, hang on. As he's leaving the asylum, he's running by the uh, front desk. You can see a man checking out a bank of uh, screens that are on Selena Kyle. And Bruce Wayne just says, thank you, Dr. Crane. And a man turns around and says, anytime. And that is Scarecrow. Oh, I thought you were going to say that was Fraser Crane. <laughs> <laughs> because this movie's presumably being made in, in like, uh, 94, 95, the height of Fraser fandom. That's true. But, uh... Kelsey Grammer would be a... You say you're having problems with castings. Kelsey Grammer would be a good scarecrow. Yeah, I don't know. Dr. Crane... I, I don't think I want to impose. I just the don't idea know what to do with those scrambled eggs and salads. Right. But, you know, he's Dr. Jonathan Crane. So, uh, you know, thank you, Doctor, anytime. The mm. next thing we're going to see is uh, that Gotham City has kind of had a, a, a rebirth. We're, we're in a light time for Gotham City overall because. A neon light time? No. No, no. <laughs> no, sir. But the Joker is dead. The Penguin is dead. You know, uh, 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 Catwoman is locked up in Arkham Asylum. Shrek is dead. Yeah, Shrek's dead. It seems like we have a moment to breathe, and mm. we unveil the Batman statue. Mm -hmm. Not unlike the Nolan's, you know, version. <laughs> who's, uh, the Batu. Who's, so, uh, watching this, watching over this, is Dr. Jonathan Crane, and he says, why don't we let a new uh, uh, fear shroud Gotham? My brother Niles. I came up with what I thought was a brilliant idea until I realized this is the fucking idea from Batman Begins. I literally forgot. That you can't his... blame you for that, though, because yeah. they knew what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I was so proud of this idea that he was going to release his, his ah. nerve toxins within the plumbing of all of Gotham. And I wrote it down until about 10 minutes before we started recording today. I'm like, this is such a winning fucking idea. Oh, wait. Oh, great. It's such a winning idea. They did it already. But fuck. But, you know, this is taking place in 95, so I can steal from. Yeah. <laughs> can, you have the time time yeah. machine. Time machine, baby. The if. if uh... If nothing else, the time machine allows you to plagiarize right. with impunity. So, at any rate, we're going to have a scene, and because I'm ignoring the last two sequels, he is getting, you know, you'll, you'll get some, you, you see Scarecrow fully formed, but you might get a flashback that he was both abused by parents and severely bullied at school, which meant that his obsession became fear mm -hmm. and as he became a psychologist he started doing experiments on right. using toxins to induce fear in other people where is he getting his toxins from a doctor i might have to tell you dr pamela isley of the isley brothers no she well she's poison ivy oh great yeah okay so that's where he's 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 constantly going to her. He's getting these experimental things, and then he's repurposing them for what he wants to do, unbeknownst to her. 
Mm. He's planning to release toxins through the water system to infect the whole city and watch people tear each other apart uh, through the fear that he's created. That's nice because yeah, we commented in, in Batman Forever about how both you know Two Face and Riddler weren't a good matchup because they they have the same right. shtick, but and these two have the same shtick, but they they're actually work you know like one is supplying the other so it makes sense but I, yeah i really like that idea of yeah, her me supplying too. and i i like the idea that she doesn't really know that he's repurposing it for what he he wants to do hmm uh and you know because you have dr jonathan crane and scarecrow you're kind of keeping a duality theme from batman returns Mm-hmm. And you have the two main characters of duality from Batman Returns trying to revert to their actual selves as opposed to their alter egos in mm. this movie, which to me I find interesting. So yeah. at some point, Selena's going to escape. Scarecrow uh, attempts to kill Dr. Pamela Isley, mm. not in the same way that, uh, uh, or similar, I suppose, in which. My idea was he releases a, a sonic device that, after he leaves, explodes everything in her room, and she is, you know, overcome with all toxins, but mm. survives somehow, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Not unlike Dr. Freeze. And she is going to become Poison Ivy, and what's going to end up happening is Batman is joined by Poison Ivy and Catwoman to finish off Scarecrow in the end. Mm. In that process, Catwoman dies. Mm. Maybe this means he stays Batman forever. He asks who this woman clad in green is. I love how your pitch makes more sense of the phrase Batman forever than the movie Batman forever. (laughs) You're right. Anyway, carry on. Uh, and, you know, she just replies, I'm Poison Ivy, and this leaves us somewhere to go in the next film, and that's my movie. It's great. I really like that. No, I mean, I, I love the fact that, that you came up with a, um, like a Batman Begins premise, because it reminds me of the time that prior to having seen Cobra Kai, you pitched a sequel that was Cobra Kai. <laughs> I know! We hadn't seen Cobra we hadn't Kai seen it yet. At the time. So and I le- then we both remarked after having seen it, holy shit, that pitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's so the I like, same thing. I like that uh, I like that you do that even with movies that you've seen. I know. <laughs> um yeah, I think I um you know, that is that is the the road not taken for my um picture sequel. I I got so close to doing something with the Scarecrow and Arkham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just couldn't factor it in because okay. uh, doesn't Arkham appear? Yeah, because Arkham appears in Forever and Batman and Robin right. a lot, right? Well, not a lot. It doesn't appear until the end of. It's in Batman, Batman and Robin a lot, but Mister Freeze Batman goes Forever. There. I don't think it's he goes until there the in end, the fridge. Though. Yeah, yeah. But when but somehow some reason it's you no mentioned longer... Batman Forever too, and I don't think it appears until the end. When what I think was kind of funny to me um, is that his, his arrival in a fridge into Arkham Asylum 
is that we have like a 1997 predecessor to Jump the Fridge that has exactly <laughs> the same meaning. Um, That's great. Yeah, so <laughs> very similar. These these are these are very much two sides of the same coin. Speaking hey. of duality, uh, my sequel is called Batman Ends. Now, see, that was going to be my next one. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So obviously, you know, I, I obviously I'm stealing from the the the. I was going to recent... go. Batman continues to Batman Ends, but go ahead. The most recent um, Halloween trilogy. Uh huh. But you know, I've got the time machine. Fuck you, David Gordon Green. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it suddenly occurred to me that like what, uh, what um, what this Batman series doesn't have that the subsequent one, which I also I think is almost equally flawed in some ways, does, is the unity of three movies all directed by the same person. Yeah that tell a somewhat continuous story, although, you know, uh, off-screen events kind of fuck them around a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to do that here with, uh, you know, I wanted I want Tim Burton back to direct. I want this yeah. to be... No, me too. I, I should have prefaced that Tim Burton's back, and so is Michael Keaton for my... Yeah, my Tim Burton, Michael Keaton... Uh, Tim Tim Burton director Michael Keaton Batman and you know a, a title and a movie that make it clear this is the last in a trilogy mm-hmm. and that we won't go on from here right so I Keaton was gonna gets... go for a trilogy of sequels not just a trilogy <laughs> of course of course you would <laughs> would you be doing that if you weren't doing this podcast I'm not sure um, <laughs> but I appreciate the ambition uh yeah, so yeah, I I wanted you, I want just wanted to have like a self-standing trilogy for Tim Burton and Michael Keaton in the same way Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan had. Yeah, yeah. So Total. this is called Makes sense. Batman Ends. There's no pressure to go on beyond this, and if 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 anyone does, they'll be starting from scratch all over again. Director, yeah. actor, universe. Okay. Um, and so the emphasis for me was. Well, yes, certainly this is a, like you, it's a direct sequel to Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying my hardest to like, to do as much with what the first two movies have given us rather than introducing new stuff. Yeah. Which you do, you're definitely doing as well with Catwoman. Yeah. Right. Um, so no surprise, Catwoman carries over in my sequel too. Okay. Um, but we begin in between Batman and Batman Returns with Billy D. Williams, Harvey Dent. Right. Billy D. Williams played Harvey Dent in the original. By Batman. the way, Billy D. Williams and Marlon Wayans, two black men. Marlon Wayans was supposed to be. Robin. That is correct. They are two black men. Well done. Two black men whose contracts, full contracts for the fees they were going to be paid to be in Batman Forever bought out by Joel Schumacher. Go ahead. Wow. He he wanted some white fellas. That puts the whole Islander party sequence in Batman and Robin in full perspective for me. (laughs) Because there's a slave auction in that scene, and I actually have a note that, like, is this just pure racism? Or is is there something, like, ironically imperialist about this? Nope. Right. 
pure racism. <laughs> if that's what you're doing off screen, then that's what you're doing on screen. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, Billy D. Williams, Harvey Dent, um, he's prosecuted. This is so we're. Uh, what is it? It's like three years between Batman and Batman Returns. So let's, you know, some let's split the difference. We're like a six, 18 months after, mm-hmm. um, after Batman. That's another good title, after Batman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's prosecuting the last of the Joker gang, all the last of Joker's associates. He winds up the trial. You know, he he does the full kind of Rico statute stuff. Gets them all in prison. He's leaving the courthouse, and you know the the son of one of the gangsters that he's just prosecuted throws son or wife. I might go wife actually throws acid in his face. So it, yeah. for some reason, it only goes on one half of his face. Right. Um, well, like like in Batman Forever, maybe he just held up a piece of paper. <laughs> Is that what he did? Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I know how it happens. He's doing a press conference on the steps of uh, the courthouse, and he says he says to the the, the 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 TV cameraman, he's like, "Get me from this side. This is my good side," and mm-hmm. that's why he's in profile. There you go. So he on one side of his face, and then you know, in a in an edited montage reminiscent of the penguin. Uh, origin story that was so brilliantly done by Burton in Batman Returns and I'm sure he'll do as good a job here have, would have done as good a job here because uh, we're in 1994 I think mm-hmm. four, 4 or 5 uh, oh no yeah 1995 is when this movie comes out so it's 1995 Billy D. Williams not sleepy but it's a prequel to Batman Returns well right? let me I'll, I'll get there I'll get there okay um, it's not sleepy Rise of Skywalker, Billy D. Williams. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, uh, part of the reason why I wanted, you know, I want the fact that he was cast as Harvey Dent and never got to be Two Face. This is why I want to yeah. to resurrect this casting. Um, so we see him go through Hostable, get the skin grafts. There's only so much they can do. He's always gonna one side of his face is always gonna be. Uh, vis- you know, like significantly deformed, he goes back to work. You know, he the, it's it's what he it's what Harvey Dent does. It's his job and it's his passion uh, to put criminals behind bars. Uh, but he's up for re-election, and during a, a district attorney debate with uh, a piece of shit opponent who will be a coded <laughs> Republican. You're right. Um. Uh. He's he's like. That he's debating him, they're talking about an issue that Harvey Dent has flip flopped on, and the guy's like, "I don't want to say that Harvey Dent is a two face." The press <laughs> run with it. Suddenly, it's all over the papers. Two face Dent. He loses in a landslide, and then he just disappears. Oh. And the and so we so he just disappears into the streets of Gotham City. No one hears from him. Then we join up. With the end of Batman, three years after... No, the end of Batman Returns. No. Okay. No, three years... We go into the into the present day of the movie. Three right. years after the end of Batman Returns, Catwoman is now on the streets, a cross between a bag lady and a stray cat. <laughs> She's diving in dumpsters looking for, you know, looking for um, disused 
cat food and fish and all that sort of stuff. She's kind of, you know, her outfit is like re-stitched and all kinds. Of, she's a complete mess. She looks like those those. <laughs> so really, this is a really specific analogy, but um, like when when goths become homeless. <laughs> You know, like a goth person who's been living on the streets, but they still have the goth look. Yes, no, I no, I, I need no further explanation. Thank okay, you. but that's what she looks like. <laughs> Harvey, who is also a street person at this time, finds her, and she said, he says, "I'm Two Face Harvey Dent, and you and me are going to clean this city up." Okay. Nice. That's the cold open, by the way. Oh when we're God. into the. Went to the Batman movie. That sounds like a half hour worth of cold open. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Burton's the man to do it. Roll credits. It's half hour cold open because I've not got much after this. Um, <laughs> so Two-Face and um, Catwoman, uh, when the movie begins proper, after the, after the titles, uh, they... Have become a they have become the Batman and Robin of Gotham. Nice. So, um, actually, what we need to do is that that meeting of the two of them needs to happen in between those three years. So they have like a year and a okay. half to become a crime fighting team, and they've just they put Batman out of business. It's now the Cat Signal that sent oh, by Commissioner no. Gordon. Oh no! <laughs> and Batman and and you know one day Alfred comes to see uh, Batman, who's in the uh, Bruce Wayne, who's in the Batcave, looking at all the coverage of you know Catwoman saves saves this woman from a rape attack, and um, Harvey Dent you know uh, breaks another racket, you know another street racket. All so so he's they're, they're basically taking Not care a of tennis all... racket. Well, all the crime in Gotham is like street thugs attack, like muggings and organized crime. That's all there is. Okay. So between the two of them, they've got it all sewn up. And uh, Alfred, Michael Goff's Alfred, puts his hand on Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne's shoulder and says, Sir, I think it's time to retire. And Michael, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne responds, But I'm not sleepy. And he says, no, from Batman. <laughs> so Batman decides to retire. Um, you know, he agonizes over it. He says, you know, I don't know if we can trust Bat- Catwoman and Harvey Dent. They're both like, they're both mentally scarred. They're, their personalities are all over the place. I don't know if we can trust them. And Alfred's like, have you, have you taken a look in the mirror recently? You're exactly the same. <laughs> um, so he reluctantly retires you know he's i mean he doesn't need to retire he's already out of the business but the second stage of catwoman and harvey and two-face harvey dent's plan is to take control of the gotham city government mm. is to kind of run run the city government and so catwoman sends all her cats to bite the secretaries who work in all the government departments they become catwomen who take over the departments like they they replace all the men who are in charge of like the the water department the you know the DA's office all that sort of yeah. stuff and so Bat- so uh, 
this point, you know, Batman is forced to kind of come out of retirement to save Gotham from a, a Two-Face takeover, Two-Face Catwoman takeover. And again, stealing from, I think it's Dark Knight Rises, Harvey Two-Face has reformed the court system. So now, you know, when a criminal is brought in front of the court, it's a simple coin toss, mm. guilty or not guilty. And so that is what Batman's fighting is, is the soul of Gotham City. And somewhere in there, because Commissioner Gordon is removed from his position, he's like, a, you know, a coup. We're, he's going to have to move in with Bruce Wayne. Because they've taken, <laughs> o- they've taken over his government supplied home. He's got nowhere to live. And so Alfred is going to have to look after... There's going to have scenes where Michael Goff is going to be looking after Pat Hingle in pajamas. <laughs> and we can and we're gonna get a, re, a reprise of the um vichy scene where you know <laughs> alfred is going to be walking through the hall and we suddenly hear pat hingle scream alfred this soup is cold <laughs> so alfred puts pressure Was on batman all of this just to get to that <laughs> pretty much so i don't know how this movie uh ends but uh but Batman ends. All right. And, uh, you know, I think that there could even be a, a, a Batman death, I think, in order to save the the workings of government in the Fucking city. He buried the lead, bro. He would probably... Well, it's called Batman Ends. <laughs> you know? I suppose, but... So that's the crux of my movie, but I don't have... We thought, I don't have a, we I don't have a third act... Uh, but right. then neither did Batman Returns. Well, so. ladies and gentlemen, if you can come up with a third act to Tom's pitch, please let us know and send an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com or send us a message via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let us know. We'll put a poll in eventually as to which sequel you like the best or if you've got your own idea to improve. So for Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions... This is Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. We'll see you next time for a new series. Say goodbye, Tom. Exit! (laughs) All right, until next time, everybody. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need, the Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.
If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound, but as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target. Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target. That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you.